Welcome to The Bone Beat, conversations on health policy issues affecting musculoskeletal care and supporting advocacy efforts to advance access and quality. Brought to you by the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. Here's your host, Kristen Coltis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the April episode of The Bone Beat Advocacy Podcast. Today, I am joined by Kevin Jones from the AAOS Office of Government Relations, And our guest of honor for this episode is AAOS President, Dr. Daniel Guy. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. We have so much to talk about and explain for AAOS members regarding the Orthopedic Advocacy Week we're hosting at the end of May, but I want to quickly acknowledge the Pfizer Lilly Alliance for helping to make this podcast possible. This platform is so important for having conversations about healthcare policy issues And occasionally we have events like last year's in-district advocacy event and our upcoming orthopedic advocacy week to share. In fact, that's the last time uh, we had you on the show, right, Dr. Guy? That's correct. And I remember that in that episode, we were recording in August. We were several months into the COVID-19 pandemic, and we were trying to explain for the first time what a virtual event would look like. Uh, We also use the opportunity to really emphasize grassroots advocacy. Here we are again, not even a year later, and we have a new exciting event for our members to participate in. So uh, why don't you kick us off by explaining what is Orthopedic Advocacy Week? Great. Thank you, Kristen. And thanks, Kevin. Kevin's going to give us all the all the details on what we're going to talk about that week and the week itself. But uh, you know, we had a we had really quite a fine event back in August. Uh, usually, with our NOLC, uh, we have a year to plan that. We do it in conjunction with state societies and our regional societies. Uh, but we did not have that time to prepare, so we cobbled something together that was actually quite uh, well received. We saw over 150 members of Congress. Uh, we had fundraisers, we really got our message out there. And on top of everything else, our usual group that uh, advocates for us at NOLC in Washington was expanded fivefold. In the past, we usually have two or 300 people that are in Washington, and and that's great. You know, it's a travel experience. It's really fun to go to to meet your congressperson in, in their office and and explain issues. And, and frequently you make some friendships in that, in that regard with staffers and that member. Uh, but uh, without that same platform, we really couldn't do that as well. And uh, we went to virtual in most cases because that's all that was allowed, all that members could do. And it turned out surprisingly good, but we learned some lessons. And those lessons are why we're doing it different in May and uh, we have a combined meeting in the fall that we look forward to, and it will be in Washington. Uh, but this May event is going to be an improvement and an upgrade on our great success in August. And I hope we have more people involved than we did even then. But fivefold increase, almost 1,500 uh, members, over 300. That was really great. It's pretty amazing. I'm uh, going to recall some of those metrics for our listeners who may not be familiar. Like you said, we had 1,400 orthopedic surgeon advocates. We sent 4,200 letters to policymakers, 
and had 150 meetings with legislators. So it was really impressive. And I know that event was a month long. We engaged members many different ways in their districts throughout the country. Um, But Kevin, I'd love if you could just talk briefly about how we're structuring this event and what we're explicitly asking members to do. Yeah. So this will be the last week in May, this Orthopedic Advocacy Week, and four of the days uh, will essentially start off by you getting an email. And that is your call to action for that day. And each day has a more general theme. So Monday, you will get an email that's going to focus on grassroots. uh, And that email might ask you to send a letter to your representative. Those letters are pre-written, very few clicks, easy to do. And as we will get into later, that is extremely helpful for us advocating. Uh, Tuesday, social media, you might be asked to post some graphics on, on Twitter, something like that. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to get a little bit into the regulatory process and rulemaking. And Friday, we're going to get a little bit into our political action committee. And those are not very time, time consuming. You'll get an email at the beginning of the day. And we just ask that you do those action items. Now, Thursday is the big Capitol Hill day. Uh, and you will receive a schedule with all of your Capitol Hill meetings for that day, uh, about a week before the event. But that day is going to be solely dedicated to engaging with your members of Congress. Uh, So that is kind of the culmination and going to be, I think, pretty awesome based on a new vendor that we have. And it's going to be really great. So that is the week um, from very top level. And when you sign up for it, um, that's all you need to do. You will get the emails uh, on the days of the week and you will be registered for those Capitol Hill meetings on Thursday. And Dr. Guy, the virtual Capitol Hill meetings that Kevin was just alluding to, that's really the touch point that our orthopedic surgeons are most familiar with when they think of advocacy, right? And this event, what's unique in that it's completely virtual is that it's also open to the full membership. That's correct. And anybody can sign up for this. We ask a few lines of detail so we can make sure we're matching you with the person that you could most influence. So a congressman in your district. So we need to know where your office is, where your home address is, and an email. And then all the rest of the uh, details and scheduling are handled by our staff on a new virtual platform that's really quite seamless. Uh, it, lets, it lets us uh, even have conversations in the background Uh, kind of like you're texting back and forth. But you can do that in the background while you're having a separate conversation with the congressman or their staffer. And it's really, uh, it it has great utility. Uh, We have three big uh, asks in this this particular event. And I think we're going to do very well. All of that information is on the website. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Members can go to aaos.org slash orthopedic advocacy week, and they can find all this information, including the button there to sign up. Um, We've talked a lot about who's invited when it's happening, what we're asking them to do. What are we advocating for? Um, In the episode that we recorded in March with our new advocacy council chair, uh, Dr. Douglas Lundy, we talked about the unified advocacy agenda. We went through the tier one issues, and um, I think we need to just briefly touch on 
what is our platform? Uh, what issues are we planning to raise with lawmakers? And what are we asking them to do on behalf of the musculoskeletal community that is our profession and our patients? Well, I would tell you, we have uh, we always focus on three or four things that are uh, front and center before the Congress. We have a, a huge number of asks on our advocacy agenda, but if there's no pending action legislation, uh, they're, they're not going to get much of a look from uh, the members. And so the three items we're looking at right now, and I've, I've touched on this already uh, in previous communications, prior authorization reform, uh, uh, sustainability of telemedicine as a, as a tool for uh, healthcare providers, and, and in particular orthopedic surgeons, and then uh, a white hat issue that's very important and uh, to many of us throughout the country, particularly after the the uh, difficult times we've been living in, and that's uh, regarding physician wellness. Um, and all of those things are very important to us, and they are directly in front of the members of Congress right now. And that's the best time to talk about issues. Kevin, you're a member of our lobby team in Washington, and the issues that Dr. Guy just mentioned are ones that our association is working on year-round. Um, you know, that's that's the point of our Office of Government Relations and our association is to serve as advocates for the profession. Um, aside from the fact that these issues are impacting a broad portion of our membership, can you speak to the opportunity that we have to shape legislation or rulemaking? What's the status of those three issues as it stands today? Yeah, well, we believe all three are going to be moving. Uh, first, for prior authorization, last Congress, there was a bill introduced extremely bipartisan. It had 280 co-sponsors, uh, almost right down the middle, 140 Republicans, 140 Democrats. Uh, the reason that didn't move last Congress was because, of course, COVID uh, delayed everything. Uh, but we do expect that same bill to be reintroduced actually in the coming weeks, and we will be supporting that bill. So a lot of movement there for prior auth. And when I attend fundraisers, everybody is talking about prior auth. The whole physician community is, is pretty much in agreement on prior auth here. Uh, on telehealth, more of a new issue for us, but also extremely high bipartisan support on the Hill. Uh, the COVID pandemic essentially opened up the door here for telehealth and people saw the benefits of it during the pandemic. And now it's like, okay, are we going to continue these great things uh, or are we going to just keep it how it was before the pandemic? And everyone pretty much agrees we are going to make this a concrete long-term thing. Uh, Actually, really funny, on the uh, the House Energy and Commerce Committee had a hearing on telehealth, and usually the majority, uh, the Democrats put out a memo, and the minority, in this case the Republicans, put out a memo contrasting the, the other side's memo. But the Democrats put out a memo for telehealth, and the Republicans didn't even put out their own memo. They just went with the Democrats' memo. Uh, and that is extremely rare, but it just goes to show how aligned uh, even Republicans, Democrats are on this issue. Uh, and then last, for, for mental health, um, there was a bill introduced in both the House and Senate last month uh, in honor of Dr. Lorna Breen. Dr. Lorna Breen was a uh, ER doc on the front lines in New York, um, and she got COVID. Uh, she recovered. She went back to work, was eventually treated for exhaustion, uh, and, and sadly committed suicide. And, and this legislation is in her honor, and it would throw a lot of really great resources 
at Physician Mental Health. Uh, and we, we support that bill and we'll be looking to have uh, our members during Orthopedic Advocacy Week ask uh, their members to sign on to that bill. Gavin uh, laid those three issues out very, very nicely. And the fact is that prior authorization bill was uh, last year was uh, H.R. 3107, and it did have a lot of bipartisan support. And if we could have just got it across the finish line, it would have had a major impact on uh, Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, Traditional Medicare doesn't really uh, require prior authorization the Medicare Advantage does because they're run by third-party administrators uh, that are usually uh, big uh, commercial carriers like Blue Cross or Aetna, and we're all familiar with that. And so uh, it's very exciting to see that this wasn't just lost in uh, in the shuffle when we uh, sat a new Congress, that it's come right back to the front. So that's very important. Uh, prior authorization is a tough thing, though, because it also requires state action. Because uh, uh, you know it's it's both a local problem and a and a national problem, so this will at least take a bite out of that apple. We just got the whole apple we got to consume before prior authorization becomes actually a transparent and very usable system. Uh, so I want to thank Kevin uh, for for bringing that uh, information about the new legislation up. I think the other one that uh, is really as Actually, the second most important and perhaps even the most important is the physician wellness one. This is not going to really meet any great challenges, I think, in the Congress. I think this is something everybody can get behind. And it's been a tough year for the entire country and the world. uh, But we need to look after those that look after uh, our families and our friends and our loved ones. And uh, this is there's no more timely uh, moment than to embrace this, and I am I'm proud of our academy for getting behind it. And Dr. Dr. Guy, every time I go on to Politico and look at an update, there are more co-sponsors for that bill. So you're absolutely right. People are jumping on it. Speaking of timing and this event that is a month away, I think we should touch upon uh, potentially why an orthopedic surgeon might get involved with this for the first time. Um, We always talk about this on the podcast. We are an advocacy podcast, and our goal is to get our orthopedic surgeons involved in the fight with us, connected with the Office of Government Relations, and becoming surgeon advocates for the profession and patients. But if a member um, has been following politics this year or is at all uh, feeling overwhelmed by what has been a challenging uh, year of covid Dr. Guy, I'd like to ask you, um, what answer would you give your peers, your fellows on that question? Well, unless unless you've been living in a cave somewhere, you've been involved in politics this past year and longer. And politics actually affects everything we do every day in the practice of orthopedics. Uh, And your your voice, I mean, those that uh, are in our orthopedic academy, your voice is important. If we don't hear from you, if your congressman doesn't hear from you, uh, then they're going to hear from someone else who might have an opposing view that may run contrary to the good practice of medicine and patient access to care. So it's, it's paramount is the right word that you become involved. Um, and this is a fantastic opportunity because you're going to be doing this with colleagues on Zoom. 
And uh, it'd be nice to see a big, uh, for every uh, Zoom virtual event, it would be very nice to see the Hollywood Squares pictures up there with multiple photos. And you don't have to actually lead the conversation. If it's your first time, it's a good way to dip your toe in the water and see how things are done. We actually have a webinar on how to conduct a Hill visit because we don't go into the room and demand things where there's a there's a right way and a wrong way and i would encourage everybody to uh to join that webinar so you can see the best way to approach your congressperson dr guy i want to go back to a comment you made um, in that answer you said that every orthopedic surgeon is involved in politics I know what you mean. Kevin knows what you mean, because we know that healthcare policy and the work of the association permeates the work of our surgeon members daily. But can you touch on that for a minute? Uh, if a member were to challenge us and say, you know, politics does not affect me. It does not affect my ability to provide care. Well, politics means a lot of things and uh, different things to different people. But I would tell you that if you're working in an office every day, you're encountering difficulties or hurdles that you have to overcome that someone in Washington or at your state capital is making the decisions that actually affect your ability to provide care. So prior authorizations, it's a great, uh, it's a, it's a great example of that because that's something uh, right now an issue that there is no control over those that are requiring prior authorization. And thankfully, the Congress has listened, and they want to bring some balance to that uh, system. So it's a fair system. Right now, it's an unfair system to those that are providers. That's politics, but it's really politics of issues that affect us. We're not in politics to try to get one person or the other elected from our Orthopedic Academy's point of view. We're in politics to make sure our voice is heard and that we improve the system that helps patients get the best care they can. And that's pretty simple. And if you, ha- if you are practicing every day or if you used to practice every day or you're thinking about practicing in the future, you really should get involved. Uh, everyone uh, can benefit from getting into uh, a conversation with a member of Congress because you learn about them and they learn about you. And you may not get the answer you want the first time, but that's why you go back and you go back again and you go back again. And that's how you make a friend or at least somebody that will listen to you when issues come in front of us. Why don't you um, expand on the stories that we collect through this event at the end of May, a single event, how might those stories that the association collects be used throughout the year or to advance legislation on not just these, but other issues? Uh, how, how does it complement the work that you do on our lobby team? Well, just like your, your last question for Dr. Guy, I'll jump in there and say, plain and simply, when an orthopedic surgeon reaches out to a lawmaker, it matters. Uh, I know, Kristen, you, you've worked for Members on the Hill and for those that haven't, I'll give you a little peek behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of times, if you just call in uh, and leave your opinion with, you know, the the intern or the or the staff assistant who's answering the phone, they're going to make a little tally next to an issue, and they're going to upload it into software, and they're going to look at it. But a lot of times, it's not getting where it needs to go. I hear all the time from members 
and from their staffs. Oh, I think, you know what? We had a, a surgeon from your, from my district call in. And that is the best thing that, that we, I can hear as a lobbyist. They're already hearing from the doctors. And for multiple reasons, when our, when our, one of our members calls in, it's not just getting to be a tally on a list. It is getting in the hands of the right people. It's getting to the staffer that handles healthcare. It's getting to the chief of staff and all the way up to the member. So we really do kind of have, uh, a fast pass to our message getting in the right hands. It's just, are we going to take advantage of it? And, and things like calling, sending in a letter, these meetings, they really do matter. And, and last, I will say, you know, our end goal here is anybody can go up to the hill and ask for something. And, and that is important. And we do that. But also we want to be a resource so that staffers and members reach out to us and if something comes up, they say, you know, what do the orthopedic surgeons think about this? And we get to be that resource because members and their staff are hearing from us. And, and they say, oh, you know, these orthopedic surgeons, they care and they're listening. So we want to know what they think. And that just makes my job and, and the job of our lobbyists and our reg team so much easier. Um, so we, I really encourage everyone to reach out whenever you can, because we do hear about it on the other end. Kevin, those stories that you just talked about and how they help with our efforts, um, are certainly going to be ones that we don't just want to collect, uh, from May 24th to the 28th during orthopedic advocacy week, but that we'll want to be, um, getting and using year round as we get more of our orthopedic surgeon members involved in advocacy. Uh, Dr. Guy, as we conclude here, I'm wondering if you can give our membership a preview or glimpse into what they can be expecting under your leadership and from the their AAOS uh, for the remainder of your term. Well, I tell you what, I, I am the president this year, but there's a lot of leaders in our academy. And even those that don't have a, have a title are leaders. And when you get involved in, in these issues and promoting uh, good orthopedic care, then you are a leader. You're leading not just your colleagues, but you're leading your patients to a better, uh, better method of care. We do have issues that's, that are going to pop up throughout the year. We will have an in, uh, advocacy event. It's planned for the fall, and we hope we're able to meet in uh, D.C. with our Congress uh, members of Congress at that time. Our new platform that Kevin's going to uh, go over in just a minute, though, it offers us a great opportunity when a particular issue comes up out of the blue to marshal our resources and really get in front of of the Congress uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, And not just waiting six months or 12 months till we have a planned event, but something that could be really spur of the moment that could really add to uh, the message and bring our voice to the table. Yeah, Kevin, what's that user experience going to be like? If someone signs up, you know, they fill out the form, they hit submit, they want to be a part of this event. What's their experience going to be like on the uh, side of using this application? So key point that you just mentioned, that's all they have to do. Sign up with that form and we do the rest. Uh, But everyone that has seen this vendor and this platform that we're going to be using for Orthopedic Advocacy Week has loved it. Uh, You will essentially get a custom link a week before uh, Orthopedic Advocacy Week, and it will have your schedule uh, very seamless. It'll say you're meeting with Rep XYZ at this time 
and then it'll have your next meeting and your next meeting you could see it all in one place in front of you the the zoom links are all right there and when you click on the meeting that you have there are all the pages of information that you need talking points you can see who else is going to be in the meeting with you so it really all is very centralized and and honestly very beautiful and i think our members who sign up and get to use this uh it's going to be like something they've never done before and i think it's going to be great and dr guy is there anything you want to leave our listeners with any uh any last requests of your fellows or reasons that they should get involved in this event may 24th through the 28th uh certainly that you know healthcare is a bipartisan issue meaning that it's not really uh, just one side or the other. Everybody needs us sometime. And uh, I think about uh, Representative Scalise at a Congress uh, baseball game. And next thing you know, he's in the operating room with an orthopedic injury. He needed us. And that resonates with the Congress. Every one of those people in Congress have been one of our patients have a family member that's been one of our patients, and they're not afraid to call us when they need us. So we need them to strengthen our profession with good legislation, good policy, good rules. And uh, I need you to be out there alongside me and your friends in the state societies, uh, BOS, BOC. Together, we can make a difference. So thanks for your time today. Dr. Guy, it's great to have you back on talking about another virtual event. And if any of our orthopedic surgeons are interested in in signing up to participate in Orthopedic Advocacy Week, May 24th through the 28th, they can visit aaos.org slash orthopedic advocacy week. And be sure to follow the hashtag ortho advocacy in action. Our members are going to be all over social media raising these issues with lawmakers. And the last thing I want to say is just a quick plug that in the month of May, we're going to give a deeper dive into these three issues that we're talking about um, as part of this event. And we look forward to bringing you more information on those and others in the months to come. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bone Beat from the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons. For more information on this topic and other AAOS efforts to shape the future of musculoskeletal care, please visit aaos.org advocacy.